dig into classic comfort. All right, here we go. It's a nostalgic look back at old school eateries on a special edition of Check Please Bay Area. Check Please Bay Area is made possible by the members of KQED and by the following sponsors, whom we gratefully acknowledge for their steadfast support during these uncertain times. It's our food rescue program that feeds people, not landfills. It's a thousand things, big and small. Sutter Health. Total Wine and More, offering more than 8,000 wines, 2,500 beers, and over 4,000 spirits. Total Wine and More, now with nine Bay Area locations. TotalWine.com. The Bay Area Airport that's close and reliable. iFlyOAK.com. Welcome to Check Please Bay Area. Since we can't be back at the table with new guests, we're on the road for another special episode. Now more than ever, we want to celebrate a few of the most historic Check Please restaurants. Places where the menu is full of time-tested favorites. The decor is decidedly retro and the cocktails are generous. Our guests' picks span over 170 years of Bay Area history, beginning as far back as the Gold Rush. Tadich Grill, it's the oldest restaurant west of the Mississippi River and the third oldest restaurant in the country. I'm David Hanna, general manager of the Tadich Grill. Well, we've been open since 1849. It's been Croatian-owned since day one. We started off as a tent on the Long Wharf serving coffee and mesquite-grilled fish to the merchant sailors as they would come in and their boats. And we've been grilling fish over mesquite charcoal ever since. Our cioppino is a very unique cioppino. The recipe is uh, house secret. We actually have our cookbook that has a cioppino recipe in it, except for the one secret ingredient that we use. And we're not telling anybody what that is. <laughs> the baker brings the tree every morning. You go through about 100, 100 loaves of bread a day. All traditional home style cutting and serving. That's how we serve the bread and butter in Tadish Grill. Just the whole vibe starts right here at the front door. You get to sit here at the bar and see the show happen, I like to call it, where it's a bunch of bartenders making people laugh, making people great drinks, and having a great time. People like to come in here and know what they're getting. They've had it before. There's no need for us to change it. And it's old school, good service, great food, a lot of food, stiff drinks. It's definitely the place to come if you're going to San Francisco. I have been going to Tadich Grill since I moved to San Francisco, probably about 10 years ago. The first time I went, it was almost like a scene out of a movie. My husband and I took the cable car down, we stepped off, and right there was just this you know, beacon of history. And from that moment forward, every experience I've had in Tadich Grill has been that exact same scene over and over. I go for the cioppino there. You know, cioppino is a dish that was invented in San Francisco. And Tadich Grill is the oldest restaurant in California. So when you have it there, you're having a San Francisco invented dish in a historic location. Tadich Grill was started a year before the Civil War. Isn't that incredible? And it arrives in this huge 
bowl with a Tadich grill emblem on it. Mm. It is this beautiful deep red broth and it has huge pieces of seafood. It is a cornucopia of the sea. There's shrimp, there's fish, scallops, mussels. I, I must say, I like making chia pino at home, and I think my version is the best. But, <laughs> but, but, but next to my version, I have to agree, this is the best chia pino I've ever had in a restaurant. I like the fact that the flavors of the seafood are in the sauce. It's mm -hmm. not a tomato sauce. It's tomato with the unique flavors of all the components in there. It's the most complex chia pino sauce I've had. Mm -hmm. So that is great. I know it's a seafood restaurant, and, and I think a, a true mark of a restaurant is to try food that they might not necessarily be known for. So I actually um, had a steak. I tried a 16 ounce uh, New York strip. It was uh, aged 21 days. I mean, that steak was perfectly cooked. It was char grilled, nice char marks on it. And um, it was perfectly cooked. I asked for medium, it was medium throughout. And the taste it was well seasoned. When I bit into it, you can tell it was aged, a little more complexity. For us, uh, we had the appetizer, the crab cake. And mm -hmm. the crab cake, was the best crab cake we've ever had. Just chunk full of huge pieces of crab, a little crusting on the side, a wonderful dipping sauce to take the, the crab in. But just the physical size of the crab cake, I couldn't believe how big it it's was. It's huge, and you know, you don't find a crab cake these days that has that much crab meat, and also that's not just doused in mayonnaise. This, yeah. no, ma getting, no mayonnaise. Right. <laughs> the menu itself is huge. It is. It is yeah. What you get, the, the, <laughs> the quantity, we had, we had leftover food to take home. Uh, it is expensive, but the dishes we had were worth it. Jack Snow was the original founder of the Casa Rinda restaurant. He came out in 1932 from Montana uh, to build a Caldecott tunnel. He uh, started this place um, as a place to hang out with his crew, uh, to feed them, to lift their spirits, and to entertain them. And it's been an institution ever since. In the late 60s, Jack Snow uh, partnered with Ivan Goyak. Uh, the son, uh, John Goyak, is now the owner, and their energy and their vitality have maintained the casa to make it what it is today. I think of the casa as a one giant living room a place that regulars and new people come to um, discover a Western hospitality. As an employee uh, for 19 years, I've seen kids grow up from toddlers to teenagers uh, to adults, and they bring their children in. They have their favorite spots to eat, uh, their favorite servers, and their favorite dishes. I often feel like a curator in a museum that serves fine food. Now, Ovi, this place, the name would sort of suggest something Mexican, but it really, it's not about Mexican food, Casa Arinda. No, it's all about the old wild, wild west when you go inside, actually with a little sophistication. Um, the best known for their fried chicken. Fried chicken, uh -huh. I think, is uh, one of the, the, the best dishes out there. Yeah. I call it upscale comfort food, if you right. want to call it that. Well, I, I tried not to read anything about it, but I did know that the fried chicken was the big deal there. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I really did enjoy it. It was really moist. It was really good. It was definitely the star. And I think it was probably the best thing out of all of what we ordered at our table. But yeah. it was huge. It was this big 
pile. I mean, I shared it with the whole group and still had enough to take home. <laughs> did they give you yeah. a little uh, carafe of honey? Um, no, they gave they me did for me, for my biscuit. Is, yeah. You got yeah. honey? Yeah. I got yeah. honey. Uh, a yeah. little bit of honey for my biscuit, and the biscuit was ridiculously good. Yeah, the biscuit was um, definitely good. amazing. Thick and kind of like melted in your mouth, and it stuck on your tongue, the roof of your mouth. It was it was delicious. Yeah. Did you like the mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes, potatoes were we as smooth yeah. as can be. They were. And, uh, they were beaten to within a minute yeah. of their lives. Uh -huh. I mean, those and things that were wet. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, I thought, gosh, this has got to be made from powder. But my mom, yeah. who grew up on a ranch, guaranteed, no, 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 this is true to ranch-style food. You know, very creamy mashed potatoes. That's what people pride themselves yeah. on. Right. So that's the gist so of it. So you took your mom to the restaurant? I sure did. Oh, did. Yeah, and she grew up on a ranch in Colorado and thought the food was as authentic as possible in yeah. terms of ranching types of food, yeah. you know? And the funny thing about Casa Arena yeah. is it's not just this. They also yeah. have upscale Dungeness crab salads. They have mm -hmm. great filet, filet mignons. They've got great Italian dishes like uh, piccata milanese, mm -hmm. uh, all those kind of dishes. So it's, it's, it's a strange combination. And right. I think you need to know the place before you can really understand what the, what they and do. And prime rib. I mean, yeah. prime rib was. Prime I thought the steak was absolutely delicious. I um, I had bites of my mother's New York steak, and it was it was done to perfection. I I was very pleased with the steak. Okay. I mean, you walk in and you get this whole like Western saloon kind of a feel, <laughs> yeah. and so I expected a, a big meaty menu, but sure. I opened it up and it was all these kind of Italian things. Yeah. yeah. Right. Nothing was off the beaten track. I didn't no. think. My, my husband had the fried mushrooms, the fried portobello. The portobello. That was really good. I mean, you mm. fry vegetable and yes. you're totally you're on it. Yeah, you got your vegetable you're in for the day. Yeah, that's right. right. I'm done. Check. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>Let's jump forward now to the mid-20th century with restaurants that have kept their core menus pretty much the same as the day they opened. Our first stop on the time machine, an iconic San Francisco Hofbrau that's been a beacon for hungry travelers since 1947. Tommy's joint was opened by Al Pollock in 1947. He brought in his cousin, Tommy Harris, who was a social media star at the time with a radio show on KFRC. So after uh, Tommy Harris's radio show, they come and hang out, uh, have good food. I'm Eddie Martin. I'm the general manager at Tommy's Joint in San Francisco, the original Hofbrau. So Tommy's is the original counter service restaurant. You could come in to Tommy's when it's at its busiest, and you could be sitting down having your food in less than 20 minutes. Tommy's has had the same menu since it opened in the early 50s. It's a traditional menu with recipes from the original owners. We love a little break. So our carvers at Tommy's Joint have been here for some of them 30 years. Old school San Francisco, and they have a very steady hand and they know exactly how much meat goes in the sandwich and they get it perfect to the ounce every time. Our regular prices beat any restaurant's happy hour. We've been making Irish coffee since the 50s, just as long as the other guys, and we sell them for half the price. There was a choice to be made two years ago, whether to tear down Tommy's Joint, build up condos, make a lot of money, or invest in Tommy's Joint and keep it open. So the current owner used to come here as a kid. He came here with his family. So he invested a lot of his money, a lot of his time and effort to keep these doors open and keep the traditions of affordable, good food going. I was just driving down Van Ness one day and saw a neon sign that said, hot corned beef and cocktails and just 
pumped the brakes, like cut across three lanes of traffic because I knew I had to have some corned beef. So, and a cocktail. And a cocktail, of course, right. So I went in and I thought I stepped through a wormhole, like a time machine or something, because you're in the 70s and there's like tchotchkes all over the wall and there's this neon glow that comes from the meat carving station right there. You just smell it right when you walk in. There's a gentleman there waiting to greet you. You just tell him what you want. There's a menu right there with all these delicious, juicy, hot, peppery, smoky, tasty meats right in front of you. <laughs> it is a meat palace. Yeah, it, if not so much for the vegetarians. But right. I had a corned beef sandwich the first time and it was great, but you know, I had to come back and I had the turkey plate. Their turkey plate is one of the best turkey plates I've ever had in my life. Oh, nice. It's beautiful, it's golden brown, but when you taste that turkey, it tastes not like Thanksgiving, but like more like grandma's cooking or something. Well, maybe not my grandma, but I presume somebody's grandma. It's so hearty. It comes with this beautiful side of mashed potatoes and stuffing, and then they cover it with this beautiful, silky gravy. Mm -hmm. One bite, and you're in heaven, pretty much. And it pairs so well with uh, their beer. Whether and they it's have an extensive beer list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, then the old sign on the outside of the door, Tommy's joined with the martini glass, and you walk in, and the walls are just filled with memorabilia. Yeah. I had the buffalo stew. That was actually pretty good. You could taste the buffalo. It wasn't overly stewed. It was really quite delicious. Mm -hmm. There are pickles, which are, I love pickles. They were very nice. I had the corned beef plate. Uh, it came with a side of green beans. I got it with rice also and some coleslaw, which was good. Um, the meat was good. I mean, it wasn't dry, it wasn't tough. It was, it was good and it was fine. Okay. I had a little of the horseradish, which was on the table, and that was really good. Mm -hmm. and I think actually for the price there, the value is good. Oh, you the get price it, cannot be beat, yeah. for sure. I mean, you get value there. Yeah. No question. Yeah, I mean, it's really about expectation. It's, mm -hmm. and, and I wasn't going to Tommy's Joint expecting a super fancy meal, but it was a really good meal. The one thing I was expecting that I was surprised about was that I expected it to be really touristy, and it wasn't. I've been coming here since 1955. It was a it's lot. It's very local. It was a lot yeah. of locals, actually mm -hmm. a lot of people coming in after the game, and that was kind of nice to see, so that was a pleasant surprise. I think that actually the pastrami is really good. Mm -hmm. The pastrami has more of a peppery bark on the outside of it. Mm -hmm. And then the curing on the pastrami is like, it's, it's more salty, more seasoned. They use both part of the briskets, both the flat and the point. Did you have any dessert? The carrot cake was really good. But the dessert that I actually really liked was the Tommy's Irish coffee. The Irish cream sits on the top and kind of sinks down into the coffee. It's almost kind of like watching a lava lamp. It was a great way to finish the meal. Well, you drank your dessert. Go. There you go. That's right. <laughs> The House of Primary is here now since 1949. I took over in 1985. And uh, I believe we have a very unique restaurant. The name says it all. Prime Rep. And we meet Prime Beef. We do one thing, and we do it exceptionally well. We have serve only Midwest corn-fed prime beef. What makes us different than any other beef house the way we prepare our beef. We prepare it in rock salt. Actually, we bake it in it. From there, after we break the salt, we roll it to the table, slice it in front of the customer, and put it on the plate, and serve it. This is, it's hot and juicy. When the customer tells you, 
I'm so full I can't eat anymore. That's as good as it gets. House of Prime Rib is my favorite. I'm a man's man. I like beef with a side of beef. And they have the King Henry King cut. Henry VIII. Thank you. <laughs> King Henry VIII cut. They have the house cut. And they have thinner cuts too. But I like, sometimes I've had the King the Henry VIII, but it's like I can't finish it. Yeah. And it's great service, great atmosphere. The food comes out quickly. They bring the food out in this big tray, right. and you pick whatever cut you want, and they cut it right there for you. But it is only prime rib. As the name says. Why would you order seafood at a steakhouse? You know? <laughs> at the house of prime rib. All right. Do you like prime rib? Because this will give us the clue. Whether I, I do like prime rib. I, I'm uh, a beef man as well, to some degree at least. And um, I thought the quality of the food was very good. It was an interesting place. The service was entertaining. The food portions were outstanding. It was definitely rich food. Uh, oh, come on, yes. Yorkshire pudding is not rich. Cream spinach? Rich. Cream spinach? <laughs> yeah, I could feel my cholesterol rising as I walked through the door. <laughs> the wine list, outstanding. You walk through the door and you see the mm. display of the wines that are available, and there were some excellent selections there, so that and, and enticed me. And quite good me. pricing, mm -hmm. actually. Yeah. You not know, bad not at bad all. Yeah. Um, and what about you, Jamie? I love the House of Prime Rib. It was great. I mean, from just even walking through the front doors, I mean, you feel like you're kind of traveling back to an era where mm -hmm. dining out is more of like a special occasion yeah. than just an everyday event. If a place has been in business for that long and that's their specialty, I mean, it's hard to go wrong. Did you like the thing with the salad when they spin the bowl? I loved and it. I mean, you know, some the places. Theatrics. Yeah, it was like yeah. theatrics. Exactly. The service were yeah. entertaining, for I liked sure. It. And then the size of the cut, and they promptly served me a beautiful end cut that was delicious. Yeah, I had the house cut, and I still took it home and ended up eating it the next day. Yeah. So I well, I was wondering what all those red bags were yeah, around that's what on they all were. the tables. Yeah. They were well, these cute I've little heard, red shopping though, bags. I've heard that if you can finish your cut, and I'm not sure which cut it is, they'll give you another. And, and I've got you're trying, like, you're the trying to kill them. You have to finish. I managed to get it You managed to get it did? I felt like I was going to explode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even when they were portioning out the salad, I was like, whoa. And she's like, no one leaves here hungry. Exactly. <laughs> so I knew I was so in for trouble. Yeah. You're going to leave there full. You're going to leave there happy. You're gonna, yeah, you may spend a little bit of money, but you'll feel like you, it was, uh, every cent was worth it. Marin Joe's was started in 1954 by our great uncle, Adolf De La Santina. He brought our father along with him. I started here at 12 years old. And myself, I've been here 51 years. I'm Paul De La Santina, owner of Marin Joe's, and this is my brother. I'm Ralph De La Santina, part owner of Marin Joe's. I think the major component of us being around is a good-sized portion at a very fair price. And that's always been Uncle Adolf's philosophy way back when. Put it on a plate. Put good food on a plate and they'll come back. The joy of this place are the customers. Having them come in time and time again, uh, joking with them. We've always had a piano bar, and it seems like every time we've even thought about changing anything in there, like lightening it up or putting, no, don't put the windows in, you know, a lot of people don't like change around here. Well, basically, a Joe's restaurant is a style of cooking. We, they always had an open kitchen, a lot of grilled meats and grilled fish. I mean, the choices could be sometimes a little overwhelming. You know, you can order your steak. Okay, now if you want some pasta with it, okay, what kind of sauce do you want with it? What meat sauce? You want a napolitano? You want pesto? You want this? You want that? There's a lot of choices, and they're fun choices. 
and us as cooks get to know the people too. You come in, we, oh, we know what you like. We know how you want it done. A lot of us have been known to turn around, put a little something on a plate and go, here, try this. Anytime you saw Uncle Adolph in here, he always had a dice box in his hand. Cutting the steaks and shaking dice. He loved it. His famous line was, do you have a dollar? Do you have a dollar? Do you have a dollar to shake dice with? Bon appetit, All right, Ken, why is this place so special to you? The first thing is, the waiters and waitresses make you feel like you're home. So when you walk in, there's a left side where there's like the windows and everything, and I the right side, when there's no windows and it's dark. I like it when it's dark, because it's old school. And the right side of it makes you feel like, oh, okay, this is like taking it back, all the way back to 54. You've been going there a long time. Well, one of my pictures is I was on top of the piano, and the piano player, Steve, he has glasses, and he'd always play with the piano. And I would always go right to sleep. <laughs> While I'd be sleeping, my parents would be dining, and they would always get great food. What did you have? If I'm craving a salad, then I'll go with the Caesar salad, because they serve it right in front of the table. They put all the sauces, like, right in front of you. All right, here we go. I also got the Caesar salad, and I thought it was delicious. And they made it right in front of me. I'm like, whoa. So I was, like, <laughs> watching it, but it was, like, really, really good. And another thing that I would always get is their New York steak. They cook it on mesquite grill, and that's what changes the flavor for me. Absolutely. My mom had the spiadini. It's like you got to say it like this, spiadini. Spiadini. And it was basically a bunch of meat, and the chicken was so juicy, and my brother and dad shared the prime rib. Kavika, my brother, he like ate it all up and only left a tiny bit for me. The sauce, and this is like, a specialty, right? Yeah, the, the sauce like really brought right. out like the irony oh, yeah. flavor of the meat. My dad had the tortellini soup. It was basically tortellini and chicken broth. Oh, it was so delicious. They served it like very, very hot. Okay. I'm not really sure what the tortellini was stuffed with, but there's a lot of cheese. Do you get pasta when you go to this place usually, or is it really known for its meats and its grill? Yes, I like yeah. the meats. Burgers? They're burger. It's just too good. They use actually sourdough bread, and then like they kind of make it into a shape, mm -hmm. like a triangle shape. And then you got the burger on it, you got the cheese on it if you want it to be melted, and you got the sides on the side that you can add it on. And let's talk a little bit of dessert. Well, the tiramisu, I was like really excited for it. Mm -hmm. Presentation-wise, it was very flat and very like deconstructed, but it was still like delicious, and I ate it all up. <laughs> My grandmother, she loved to visit the United States, and one of her favorite places was San Francisco. And in 1971, she stumbled onto an Italian deli on 46th Avenue in Judah, came in there to pick up her items, found out that the store owner wanted to sell his deli, and uh, that was the perfect opportunity for her to open Tang Long and come live in the United States and in her favorite city of San Francisco. She was excited, called up my grandfather, back in Vietnam and said, I just bought a business and get on a plane. You know, we're going to live here now. It was my mother who, when she came in 1975, kind of the passion, very innovative, and she kind of inspired all of us to expand to ourselves to other locations such as Beverly Hills and Palo Alto. Our menu has 
stayed the same. Um, there's the roasted crab dish that my grandmother's um, secret recipe since 1971, our garlic noodles since 1975, um, the puri rolls, the Vietnamese salad, those are all special dishes that we had on the menus since the 70s. I feel like I've grown up with Tan Long. Um, it really is, I think it's got the best crab in the world. It's usually one of my answers to what would you eat before you die or something like that. And so um, I like to recommend it to friends. I like to go there when I'm celebrating. I like to go there when I'm not feeling so well and you wanna you know, pick yourself up. And the greatest greatest pleasure, I think, it's the the crab has embedded flavor in it. It's got the pepper and the butter and the garlic, and you kind of have to, you know, some people try to eat it with the fork, little forks. But hey, go for it. Use your hands. But I will say it was the most expensive crab I've ever had. Right, it, it uh, but, is. Uh, but uh, it wasn't that outrageous, and it was really delicious. And I have to say, it was expensive, but it was a large Dungeness mm. crab, and we only ordered one for five of us, and I felt like we all had a decent mm-hmm. amount of yeah. crab, and it was delicious. The oh, crab good. really good. was delicious, and it was prepared differently mm-hmm. than I'm mm-hmm. used to having crab, but I've never had it roasted hot with all that garlic. Well, you try the mango salad? It's, no. It was so good. <laughs> Which and, has shrimp. And, and yeah, it has shrimp, scallops, and it's got, and I, unfortunately for you, it does have that combination of sweet and salty, and some people don't like that flavor, but I love it. So um, it's kind of contrasting. Yes. Did you have anything else? So in addition to the crab, crab and crab, <laughs> the salt and pepper calamari. Oh yes, oh, yes. that's oh, good too. Oh yes, yeah. oh yes, they are really delicious. I haven't and, and the menu, that, yeah. they do have you know the appetizers, mm-hmm. and, the, and right. then they have the menu for the secret kitchen because there truly is a secret kitchen mm-hmm. in the back. That's where the secret the spices come in for mm-hmm. the crab and for the garlic noodles. And I, at first, I thought it was an urban legend, but no. yeah, I, I thought the quality of the cooking was exquisite. I, I, I had the good fortune to, or the bad fortune to, uh, honorably serve our country for a while in Vietnam. And uh, I've had good Vietnamese food. The crab was astonishingly good, and it was, it was grand. Right. Hope you enjoyed our trip down memory lane. We applaud these restaurants for their longevity and contributions to Bay Area culinary history. Thanks so much for joining us on Check, Please, Bay Area, and a hearty thank you to Jordan Winery for providing such a beautiful backdrop as we film these special editions. Until next time, I'm Leslie Sabraco. Cheers. Check, Please, Bay Area is made possible by the members of KQED and by the following sponsors, whom we gratefully acknowledge for their steadfast support during these uncertain times. The Bay Area Airport that's close and reliable. iFlyOAK.com Total Wine and More, offering more than 8,000 wines, 2,500 beers, and over 4,000 spirits. Total Wine and More, now with nine Bay Area locations. TotalWine.com. It's our food rescue program that feeds people, not landfills. It's a thousand things, big and small. Sutter Health. 
Cooking is the first kind of love you know. It was starting when I was a child with my grandmother doing fresh pasta and now I transmit it to all the guests. It's something made specially for them. Oceana Cruises, proud sponsor of Check Please Bay Area.